Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crushing Real Estate with Brian Pham, where we interview real estate professionals around the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a very positive review. We release an episode every single Sunday, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode one of Crushing Real Estate. We're here to interview my friend, Arthur. Arthur is a San Diego real estate investor who is currently looking and currently investing in the Columbus area. Hey, Arthur, can you introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on your podcast, Brian. Really excited to be here to be your first guest. Um, as you know, as you already mentioned, you know, I am, uh, you know, a San Diego uh, resident here and uh, I am actually a rental property investor uh, you know, for an out-of-state, um, as you mentioned, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but yeah, uh, very, very excited to be here and talk about my journey up to this point and uh, what I've been able to accomplish and kind of what I intend on accomplishing in the near future. Cool. Hey, Arthur, to start the podcast, I'm going to ask you a few questions to get started. Um, can you tell us how you got into real estate and what are some of your challenges when you first began? Well, um, good question. It's actually funny thing is that I started my real estate uh, investing or just real estate journey in general, um, actually coming out uh, of school during the recession. Uh, my first job was actually in multifamily in the property management uh, role uh, with uh, emphasis with leading uh, teams to leasing uh, multifamilies. Um, did that for several years. Very challenging, you know, during those times of recessions, you know, met a lot of folks that kind of lost their shirts um, from the, the, you know, the crash. So uh, it definitely was a very kind of uh, hard knock uh, kind of lessons that I learned right off the bat uh, in the reality of, uh, and also the power, more importantly, of real estate and, mm-hmm. and compounding multifamily. That's kind of how I started. Okay. Wow. I mean, what are, what are some of the challenges that you faced when you first began and how did you overcome them? Um, I think my first major challenge starting off is just understanding kind of the, uh, um, the real estate cycle, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the economics of it. Um, you know, for me, I was very boots on the grounds with sales. So mm-hmm. a lot of the conversations I had were very centered around, um, you know, why people were choosing specific properties why they weren't, you know, school, crime, um, just all the macro, micro, you know, trends that they were following. So uh, mm-hmm. learning all that information was, was kind of overwhelming. It's kind of a, you know, fire hose and just turning it on and just, you just kind of drink from that. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of the most challenging, just the breadth of information and, and that kind mm-hmm. of world. So. How long ago did you start out your real estate career? Um, I think 2011 is when I first started and then I was in the multifamily. I think I started in over 550 units to start for leasing, um, and managing. And then I think by the time three years in, um, basically was over 2,200 units, uh, neighborhoods in Irvine, uh, Orange Mm -hmm. County, California to be specific. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I subsequently kind of went into commercial real estate uh, operations, got my real estate license, um, just kind of learning that kind of realm of the world and just mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, residential, commercial kind of interact with each other. So that okay. was kind of a few years ago. So 2011 was when I started. Nice, dude. Sounds like a crazy journey. It's It's been fun. Mm-hmm. 
So can you talk a little, a little bit about the deals that you've been a part of since you started your real estate journey? Um, I kind of, I would say probably speak to one of my more recent ones, um, which would have been Columbus, Ohio. Um, you know, for me, uh, been very local here in, you know, stateside uh, of uh, California, but, you know, I wanted to get into kind of the Midwest because, you know, the, there's always rumors or not rumors, but news that there's better cash flow opportunity out there. Barriers of entry is much, uh, much lower. So mm-hmm. my most recent deal was actually uh, just kind of, uh, kind of getting my foot in the door with uh, Columbus, Ohio with the duplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that closed probably March of this past year. Okay. Uh, well, really recent. Uh, so that was my most recent deal. Um, but I'm, I'm very actively looking. Um, had a couple of bites out there for, for commercial, like five plus um, multifamilies, but mm-hmm. those deals didn't actually materialize. But yeah, okay. the duplex is my most recent one. Well, what's your criteria for looking for houses in Columbus? Like, are you looking for B class, C class, A class? What kind of cash and cash return or ROI are you looking at? Um, Numbers, numbers really matter to me. Um, I don't, I don't particularly, uh, would discount any, uh, A, B or C uh, specifically, but you know, being that I can have a larger economy of scale, I'm actually targeting probably the low B's, uh, to, to the mid high C's preferably mm-hmm. mid C's. I want to see that there's an actual path of progression in that neighborhood, um, okay. maybe some meat on the bones. So that those are definitely some things that I look at. Yeah, uh, as as a criteria, you know, what's the upside? Mm-hmm. Um, from a numbers perspective, cash on cash, uh, at, at least twelve fifteen percent is is what I'm what I'm aiming wow. for. Um, it, is, it is a pretty aggressive uh, number, um, but it is an obtainable number in in the Midwest if you if you search correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else lower than you know, I definitely do a lot more due diligence to figure out uh, why that number is lower and that there's uh, upside. But that's the cash on cash. Okay. Uh, other numbers, cap rate. I know for uh, two to four units, cap rates don't really apply, but it's a nice to know. And then, of course, you know uh, your IRR, just kind of understanding, you know, what my exit strategy is. But cash on cash is always first and foremost. Okay. I mean, if you were to give advice with someone that's just starting out investing in the Midwest, how would they go about finding your deals? Good question. Um, I know technology is very accessible nowadays so you can get a lot of information um but at the end of the day you know real estate is still first and foremost you know a relationship business and Mm -hmm. the best deals are the ones that don't necessarily hit mls so my best advice is you know get out there um you know find a time out of your schedule and just book a trip and 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 start meeting realtors you know start phoning ahead you know get on your forums um start introducing yourself Mm -hmm. on facebook ask hey do you have anybody have a referral to a realtor something like that Okay. Uh, okay. It's key, you know. Uh, you you're gonna need those relationships to really build your team, especially if you're investing far. So, uh, getting out there in person is my best advice. Yeah, that's that's really good advice to get started. Um, what would you say? I mean, in terms of like, how would you keep yourself motivated from day to day to keep yourself going? You know, obviously, like real estate, it's a it's a very like patient game where you know you can go months and some perhaps years without buying a deal that doesn't fit your criteria. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who just began their real estate career get really discouraged when, you know, when they can't find anything that fits their criteria that, that they could buy or want to buy. Um, and I know for a fact, like it's not, it's never a good idea to rush into a deal. 
but I know a lot of people, you know, they, they obviously get discouraged. So I just want to know, like, how do you keep yourself motivated going forward? How to stay motivated? Um, I don't think there's like one way. I think there's many techniques. Um, I highly recommend having a why, understand why you're doing something, attaching all your actions and your goals to a why. Mm-hmm. That way, that way, you know, uh, when things are hard or even things become easy, that you, you don't lose focus on you know, what you're trying to do for and what you're trying to achieve. Um, my why is for financial independence and having the freedom of choice of what I get to do with my time mm-hmm. uh, and not have to feel like I, I have to um, uh, kind of override certain priorities because, you know, a work obligation. So a why is very important. Um, other ways to stay motivated is, you know, it, it's, you have to make it fun. You know, mm-hmm. real estate is a slow man's game. It's a get rich slow type of game. Yeah. Uh, and, and changing your mentality, you know, mentality and is teaching yourself, you know, patience. It's, um, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And, and having the, the kind of, rigor and, and just understanding that that this is kind of the ebbs and flows of what you can deal with mm-hmm. uh, you enjoy your journey much more um it's this isn't this isn't something where it's a flash in the pan type of uh, investing you know okay. if that was the case i wouldn't be in you know it's just not the same yeah that's some really good advice yeah uh what are your real estate goals for next year and next five years so i definitely want to try to keep my bare minimum of at least one to two deals a year um, you know, I'm, I'm not isolating myself to just, you know, one or two markets. I'm definitely always looking around, uh, one to two would be, be my ideal pace. Um, mm-hmm. um, of course, the more I kind of get more into the portfolio, then I can exponentially kind of ramp that up. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, you know, changes right now in our country. So just kind of keeping an eye on those and how that affects, um, um, you know, just how real estate looks in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the next five years, I, I definitely want to get, I really want to reach, you know, a hundred doors okay. uh, and, and be able to not only do that for my own portfolio, uh, but also be able to help, you know, uh, those close to me uh, and those I might be mentoring mm-hmm. and goals as well. So it's not just my, my personal portfolio, but. Um, okay. So are you currently working as a mastermind group? Are you mentoring, mentoring others right now? Like how are you helping, help spread your knowledge to people around you? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, I do, I am part of a weekly mastermind, um, you know, every week on Sunday, Sunday evenings. Um, I do also participate in another mastermind where, where there are other uh, investors or uh, investors to be that, that might have uh, just started their journey and have a lot of questions. Um, and, you know, of course there's family, you know, family will kind of know like, Hey, like what, what was he been doing? Oh, that's, that's crazy. That's what you invested in. So, you know, I do, I do have, you know, folks that are texting me, calling me, I have regular schedule like FaceTime, um, but those are just kind of the different people. So a lot of family and friends, um, but I do actually have a real estate meetup that I am going to be hosting in the Facebook area Um, and, and definitely there, there's definitely a opportunity for, for uh, a lot of the out of state investors that actually do live in San Diego as well and get together. Uh, just talk shop. So that's definitely, I'm going to be posting that up on meetup.com and probably sharing on Facebook. And then I'm going to always reach out to the ever so popular. So uh, definitely want to try to round, round the community together for that one. So look up. Okay. Sounds good. I mean, we'll put that inside our meeting notes at the very bottom about your meetups in San Diego. 
So definitely anyone around this around that surrounding area can come by and take a look and you know chat with real estate with you. That'd be yeah. great. That'd be exciting. Yeah. Um let's see. Can you talk a little little bit about more? I mean going back and talk a little bit more about your rentals, like what kind of issues have you faced so far? Have you faced any property manage- management issues? Have you faced any tenant issues? Um, I mean, have you, have you rehabbed your place? I mean, what kind of work went into that Columbus deal from like, let's start from the very beginning. Okay. Kind of walk us through it, like the buying situation, talking to the realtors, dealing with the lenders, what kind of percentage mortgage we should expect. Um, was it vacant? Was it not vacant? Mm-hmm. How did you screen your property manager? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how fast did you start cash flowing? Yeah, no, uh, definitely the whole journey was, um, I think this listing, listing, I think came up like late evening Pacific standard time. And I got a text uh, from the realtor that I actually met uh, when we flew out to Columbus and, and met um, mm-hmm. first and foremost face to face and, uh, you know, got a text and, and, and uh, following a, a listing that came up and, and um, kind of ran through my analysis, you know, number crunch, um, and kind of went through it, just, you know, it's like, hey, you know, trying to throw an offer out there. Let's go ahead and let's just put it in and see see what, what goes on. Um, this was probably one of the smoother deals that, that kind of went through. Luckily, this was the duplex was vacant. I think it so happens that the owner had a portfolio. I think the mix was predominantly single family. So this just mm-hmm. happened to be like one uh, out of 12 properties he and, and his wife owned that they just kind of wanted off shelf. And it was in the part of a neighborhood that I would consider a C neighborhood. Um, didn't have, doesn't have quite have the full infrastructure that it could, but it's like not far, maybe 15, 20 minutes from downtown. Um, but there, it was a duplex. It was vacant. I think it was built in 58, if I'm not mistaken. Um, two stories, two bed, one bath. And I think the ask was only like 84,900. It was it was definitely very doable for anybody uh, that that is just getting started in the real estate. So mm-hmm. it was a very low hanging fruit type of deal. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, heck, why not? Let's just let's just throw an offer out there while uh, you know I'm kind of learning the rest of Columbus and you know looking for bigger deals. Like, might as well just kind of keep things going, right? Yeah. Uh, but the deal, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, not a lot of folks um, um, that were putting offers in were coming from one of the investing background. Maybe, you know, people were just trying to buy it themselves. So luckily for me, um, you know, having a little bit more experience and working with an experienced realtor uh, such as Trent, um, he he definitely uh, was able to help put in a compelling offer. Mm-hmm. And um, we won the bid, you know, first try. Um, the kind of process is very quick, you know, because I understand kind of like the closing process, just your standard 30 days financing, that was already all lined up. Um, mm-hmm. Rate was you know solid for for investment piece you know twenty five percent conventional down I had no problems with the uh, the cost was low okay um and you know what I think helped the the winning offer was just simply uh, just removing some of the contingencies that you would normally mm-hmm. have um you know from appraisal uh, finance uh, I had, all that stuff was already there um, but inspection was also another one I sped up the inspection I think like within three to five days mm-hmm. uh, schedule rather than your standard five to seven days. Um, and then, uh, you know, remedy, I just kept it uh, uh, also very short for response time. And then mm-hmm. what I'm for. 
Um, those are as much of the details I remember from the offer, but that definitely kind of helped put it to the top. So, um, I think once everything closed while that was happening, uh, I'll have you know the realtor print or the inspector uh, kind of kind of running their rounds, and on the upside, on the back end, um, I was already interviewing referrals for uh, property management mm-hmm. uh, that I haven't met with yet, and then comparing it to the ones that I've already prior to, to, to any of the offers in the deal coming up. Uh, ended up going with the one that was referred because you know I, I kind of want to make sure that the team um, that I want to build out there um, mm-hmm. all have the experience working with each other. Um, but as far as that goes, the the screening process is pretty straightforward. You know, for me, kind of again back my my real estate journey started was in property management. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my real estate license, so I do have some uh, idea. I would say. To, to so what kind of questions did you ask your property manager? Can you give us like three or four? Yeah, so like one of the questions, you know, just your basics, like what are your what are your uh, monthly fees, um, and like how would you handle uh, eviction? That was kind of a big one. Like if mm-hmm. the tenant doesn't uh, pay on time, like how would you handle from start to finish? Um, I wanted to, I'm very process oriented, so I want to know okay, day one, uh, day two, day three. If day three the rent hasn't been paid. Um, is that when the three-day pay or quits go out? And then if once three-day pay or quits go out and still no rent, what's the eviction process look like? How are you going to handle it? So that was one thing. Like basically, mm-hmm. the second one is, um, you know, what kind of maintenance do you actually cover? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that goes wrong, what is it? How is your? How do you work in your process? Who's on your team? Do you have an in-house uh, maintenance person? Mm-hmm. Do you have con- how many uh, vendors do you have connections to for electrician? Are they all licensed? Uh, plumbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, I'm trying to understand the whole contracting. Yeah. You know, right. So it's really important to ask about that and understand what the reach is. Um, and then number three, convenience. What kind of what's your communication going to be to me? I'm out of state. Um, when when do I know uh, my financials? Do you right. actually offer any reports? Um, do you show me what expenses? My P and L statement. You know, um, I want to, I'm very numbers oriented. So I want to know very quickly how did I do for that month and what's, what's taking away from my cash flow. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things. And then lastly, I find out, okay, we have two vacant units. What is your marketing plan? How do you market? What platforms do you use? Do you mm-hmm. have a real estate agent in house? Is that, or if not, then what, what, um, you know, real estate agents or realtors do you have or team of people to, to actually make sure that the advertising goes out? Mm-hmm. What kind of can I get? So these are some of the big questions that I try to understand. It's just basically how are they going to help me mm-hmm. get property full so that they can get paid and then I can go and buy more properties and then just continue the circle. So it's getting those kind of systems in place and understanding if how, where I might break down. So those, those are some basic questions I, I always ask. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's really good for someone, you know, investing outside the Midwest to know what kind of questions to ask their property manager. I know for a fact, like, you know, a property manager is very vital to your portfolio in terms of investing out of state. So mm-hmm. definitely ask the questions that you ask. I think it's very clear. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps someone um, get started investing in the Midwest or anywhere out of state. Um, can you talk a little, a little bit about your personal growth? since your first deal, like how have you changed since you made that first move and what would, what, what would have you done differently (laughs) (laughs) if you can start over again? Um, I think my biggest personal growth 
was once the deal was done, I realized it wasn't that scary. Mm -hmm. I think that aha moment when I had it, I was like, you should have just started sooner. What was going through your mind as soon as it went out in contract? You know, you know, um, I think, I think um, basically when I first started, it was just always like all the what ifs, what yeah. if this happens? What if that happens? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like if this happens then how am I going to, you know, be able to support this? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of just fear and, and I would say there might've been uh, almost an unhealthy amount of fear Mm-hmm. of uh and just quite frankly just paranoid of all the things that could go wrong not to say that things won't go wrong yeah but it was more so creating problems when there were none mm-hmm. and in even so i wasn't trying to actively create solutions for those problems i created mm-hmm. and so basically all the problems in my head just kind of uh just overwhelmed me and i just never took action mm-hmm. if there's any advice it's that you know, if you're not going to take action, just decide you're not going to take action. But like, if you're going to be analysis paralysis or, 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 or just like overwhelmed to the point where you can't make a good choice um, mm-hmm. whether to do something or not, you're in the middle. And that's probably, I would say the worst place. Yeah. My personal yeah. growth kind of came to just like, you know, understand why you're making a decision, you know, whether you decide to do it or you just decide not to like stay, stick to it, but make sure when you make a decision that you did, did the work that you need to do. Mm-hmm. to back up why you did one or the other. Um, that was my personal growth, having the confidence to do that okay. and the knowledge to, to back it up. So, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you were to, I mean, redo it, you wouldn't, you know, act more fears fearlessly and you would have started sooner. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look back and just kind of said, you know, you, you let a lot of your own emotions get in front of the, the, the logic of, of, of an opportunity that was right in front of me. You know, um, I, I, if I were to go back, I definitely would have, you know, done a lot more homework. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I probably was, you know, definitely have put myself out there more and, and actually, uh, you know, leverage the network that I, that I had back then from, you know, uh, when I first started real estate and, mm-hmm. and really asking those questions like, Hey, how did you do it? Or, mm-hmm. Hey, um, what did you do differently? Um, and, and kind of find a way to, to kind of understand who, who, who the kind of uh, more experienced people were and, mm-hmm. and whether, you know, there are a lot of mentors out there. Um, but, you know, for me, I think if I were to go back, I would have done a lot more homework at the bare minimum. So to, to, to kind of put myself out there. Okay. Those are all really good advice. Um, let's talk to me as we're near the end of the podcast. I mean, I just want to, I just want to know a little bit more about your, your day to day. I mean, like, you know what you do to strengthen your knowledge. Like, do you spend like some amount of time on different websites looking at market growth or, you know, do you read books? What kind of books do you read? Or mm-hmm. how do you strengthen that real estate knowledge that you, that you currently have? Um, I immerse myself with it every single day. Um, when I say immerse myself, I mean every every minute that I can cram something real estate related or just some, you know, self-growth or just anything to better myself and improve, I try to cram it any waking minute possible. Um, you know, I have a lot of my searches 
set up on my phone, you know, a lot of like your Redfin, your Zillow, your Trulia, um, my email uh, inbox is just full of different realtors from different cities and states that, that has set up uh, criteria as far as like when I'm looking for a property in multifamily, that's constantly coming through. So I'm constantly crunching numbers, whether it be in my head or, you know, uh, on computer. Um, podcast is huge. You know, I, I definitely am a, a big proponent of bigger pockets. That's a definitely a huge inspiration and, and constant knowledge source for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you know, just regular people that, that want to do something different with their lives. Um, YouTube is huge. You know, there's definitely a huge platform uh, to, to kind of share. This, this podcast is, you know, no different. Um, what else? Uh, just connecting with local, you know, real estate investors and, and even those from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, talking shop all the time. That's that's just kind of my my passion. It's just talking shop and 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 trying to analyze and make good decisions. So you know, surrounding myself with the right people is, is definitely there. Um, but as far as all those mediums, I, I definitely would say um, you know going back to basics of just books. Um, you can't beat it. Um, you know, from the bigger pockets books that I have, the Burr methods. Um, just even you know the the rental property for investors just starting off um, to to even the the compound effect with Darren Hardy like that's a very um, very very powerful book to me mm-hmm. um, to to just consistently doing everything that I just mentioned each and every single day um, that would I because I know those things are going to be closer to my goal so okay wow sounds good Arthur yeah I think that pretty much concludes our podcast. I mean, I thank you for your time, for uh, taking the time to let, your, let yourself get interviewed by me. Um, is there any way that, you know, people in the podcast listening can reach out to you and can you talk a little bit more? I mean, can, can they reach out to you like via, you know, social media, media or, or email? Like, can you provide the information? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Facebook. I am Art Wang, uh, A-R-T space W-A-N-G. Um, otherwise, you can definitely always reach out to me by email. It is arthurwang.re at gmail.com. And that's A-R-T-H-U-R-W-A-N-G dot R-E at gmail.com. Great. Thank you for your time, Arthur. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Brian.